Yep. This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across the table from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Too Tall Unstuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? The crusty pay table. It's a, it is a pretty old table, I'll tell you that. We used to do shows across the lake from we did. each other. We did. Back in the time. Just so everyone knows, well, I guess you can't see it today. We were going to go going to go the three cameras today. We didn't. You'll eventually see this old table. Not like a cool old table. You know, like you get like an old table, like from the 70s or something, and that would be awesome. This is old, like from 1998, kind of old. And it was our kitchen table at home. And we hated it so much when we needed the table for this. My wife was like, load it up. Hey, just Put a PSA. 30 years ago is not 1970 anymore. Yeah, that's not. No, no, that's a while back. I just wanted to let you know that. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad to think of. Well, this is Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So smash that follow button or that subscribe button on YouTube. The numbers keep going up and up, and we need them to go up even further. That way we can grab the attention of YouTube and finally get completely canceled. And so you guys can help us do that by going to our YouTube and subscribing. Yeah. As soon as we're able to monetize YouTube, then they're going to demonetize well, so, us. And this is what they do, by the way, because, you know, we, so we've been doing the podcast now for a couple of years at least. And up until like this year, we never thought about the YouTube at, at all. Like, oh, we'll put up a video, maybe something like that. We never really told anyone to go to YouTube, never did anything like that. And this year we're like, okay, well, let's try and get some people on the YouTube. And we'll try and get some people there and you get to a thousand subscribers and they treat you like a real person and the algorithm and you can monetize your videos and you're more likely to get plays because they prioritize monetize videos, all that kind of stuff. And then I was talking to Charlie earlier. There's really no point in us pushing YouTube because they're just going to keep coming up with new ways that we're going to get canceled on there. Like the most recent rule, which is that if you contradict the science on climate change, you can be booted off of the monetization on YouTube. And so I was just like, I don't think any type of long-term goal needs to be building up YouTube. It's going to need to be Rumble or Odyssey or something like that. Something new that we've never even heard of before. Odyssey? And isn't that what the other one's called? Never heard of her. Yeah, we've talked about it before on here. Well, speaking of getting canceled, I'm, I think we're going to do this first, Nate. Okay. We're skipping on down to the cancel zone. Okay. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of cancellation happening right now. Mm-hmm. You got uh, you got John Gruden in Vegas. He's the Raiders head coach. Well, former Raiders head coach. Used twice, to be. yeah. Twice removed now. <laughs> um, and then you have. Uh, Urban Meyer and what's going on with that situation, although who knows what's going on with there. And then we have the whole Dave Chappelle thing. We're going to talk about the Gruden one a little bit, maybe mix in a little couple others. But we live in this age of cancel culture, demonetization, and all of that. Now, don't get me wrong. Private companies can do what typically what they want mm-hmm. as long as they don't harm you. Okay. And so if you're doing something on their platform that they disagree with, well... They don't have to pay you any money. That's that's the principle of the matter. I would agree with that. But but is it really the right thing to do? There's a difference between 
someone having the right to do something and it being moral. Well, and what we as people have to realize is the reason that those companies just say YouTube or whether it be a professional football team or whoever it is, the reason that they are canceling someone or firing them because of something they said is because they're responding to what they think the people want them to do. If they thought that uh, everyone, all the fans and all the players and everyone was going to be like, oh, okay, I realize people say stupid stuff sometimes. Or if YouTube was like uh, thinking that no one on YouTube was going to be offended or that it didn't have anything to do with this massive political gains being played, like would they really care about any of that stuff being on there? They're really responding to what they think the people want. And they well, listen the to this very loud minority of people i think that actually want people to be removed from society when they say the the wrong words well and the truth of the matter is is it it actually um goes unnoticed until someone brings mm -hmm. attention to it and a lot of people are now looking at it and calling for certain things then all of a sudden then it happens because a lot of things fly under the radar all the time what was it the report that facebook only stopped four percent of actual hate speech or whatever yeah, yeah. because there's only so much you can do. There's a point where there's too much to monitor, so to speak. And when you keep adding new things that new things that count as hate speech uh, or new things that count as terrorism or whatever it is, it's tough to keep up with that curve. You know, it's yeah. tough to it's tough to keep up with it. The one and with John Gruden, the one with John Gruden really bothered me, by the way. And uh, sorry to cut you off on reading this, but this one. It bothered me because it was so long ago. It was for when he was working for someone else. And it was up to 10 years ago when it happened. And he just got a massive contract. And the team is doing really well, too. And is, I think as a widely well, res respected guy. They were doing okay. They were doing okay. I don't know what they've done the last week or two, to tell you the truth. Yeah. They, were, they were looking all right. But, but anyway, this one, I don't know. It was kind of annoying. It doesn't mean I agree with the things that he said. Well, the other thing is you can go back years and years on people and and chastise them and make them atone for their sins. The same thing happened to Kevin Hart, a black man, by the way, who was supposed to host the Oscars. Oscars, uh, you know, said some homophobic things, apparently on Twitter, making jokes uh, 10, 15 years ago before Twitter was even invented <laughs> and how uh, long ago it was and he was canceled. He just said he hoped his son, his son doesn't grow up gay. But you just have to ask yourself, could anyone do this to you? And would you want that done to you? Are you a different person than you are right now? Uh, are, you, are you a different person than you were 10 years ago? Like right now, are you different than you were 10 years ago? Have you uh, came to some new ways on the way that you talk about people or any words that you use? Have you developed more empathy or sympathy or whatever for different groups of people? Are you any different than you used to be 10 years ago? And if the answer is yes, then ask yourself, could anyone go back to things that you said 10 years ago and ruin your life? And I'm just willing to guess that for most people, the answer is probably yes. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely the case for me. I will come out right now Same and here. say this, that I have said every single thing that would get you canceled that I have heard almost any of these people say in the past a long time ago. Yesterday, in fact. Yeah, I'm talking yesterday. I've got a terrible just, memory. Yesterday, I said most of it. rattling off but what's, all this misogynistic, homophobic things. You also have to realize, we haven't even gotten into the Gruden thing yet, but let's just say the F word. And I don't mean 
F U C. I don't mean that one. Not just kids in the room, but the other one. Yeah, okay. the one that rhymes with Jack. Listen, we used to say that in high school, and I never once thought about it being even a, about someone who was gay. That's just a word that you said. I'm sorry. Okay, I know I'm getting canceled right now. Charlie's already from, taken resumes from other people. From what I understood, it just meant a cigarette. <laughs> or a bassoon. That's what my mom said back yeah. in the day. She's She might be on this live group right here. She can verify for me. I had no idea it actually meant gay. But like... Whatsoever. You just said it. And like, I would never... I would never say that to like a gay person to like make them feel bad about themselves or call them some kind of terrible name. It's just a part of your vocabulary when you're in high school, especially when you play sports and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that for a very large percentage of people at one point in their life, there were words that were a part of their vocabulary that they probably don't say anymore. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Maybe I said too much. I don't know. No, I don't disagree. I am just, I am coming out. As someone toning for your sins, right? I am coming out as someone who has said enough things to be canceled for sure. If you can find it, and good luck with that, because I pay people to get rid of that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I've said things, I'll I'll be honest as well. I've said things to be canceled 10 times over, you know, like, and it's not, um, I have this argument with my mom all the time because my mom argues that the Bible says, let no unwholesome word leave your mouth. And I was like, mom, it all matters of how you're saying it. Mm -hmm. If your intention is to be derogatory, if your intention is to be hateful, if your intention is to be demeaning um, and racist or whatever it is, then that's, it's wrong. It doesn't matter what word you say, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't matter what the actual word is. If your intention is to be derogatory or demeaning or hateful to someone, then that's what that word means because that's what you're intending to communicate. Yeah. Okay. But if you're using it willy nilly, and of course you can't do it today in 2021, but, or some comedians can, but if you're using it to make a joke, let's say, or it's like, it's just an inside, it's an inside thing or whatever, then it, we should be able to discern those different types of things. You should be allowed to be able to discern things, but not, today no not in 2021 not in any of those things i actually had a friend who had had a a picture posted on instagram back when they were in high school that had the uh, confederate flag on it mm. and i was like hey you might want to delete that it's from instagram like i don't know eight years ago when instagram was first born it's like their second picture yeah and i was like hey i was uh creeping on you because that's what i do uh, not really but <laughs> Um, I was like, Hey, you might want to delete that picture because you know, Hey, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe you'll be famous one day and for sure that'll all be taken from you. Yep. So yeah. delete that picture. And it's pretty, it's pretty crazy that you get to do that nowadays. But, um, anyway, let's talk about what happened with John Gruden here from ESPN. Um, thanks Madden. Thanks, <laughs> I, don't, Madden. I don't remember who started it. John <laughs> Gruden resigns as Las Vegas Raiders head coach after report of anti-gay misogynistic language used in emails. Hmm. John Gruden has resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. By the way, if any of you have played sports ever, do you know the words that come out of coaches mouths? This is where we're going to get into just how fake this is. Just like our conversation oh. yesterday. Because 
About 99. Bob Knight killed people <laughs> as a coach. Okay. About 99% of the people out there on the field are all in the back of their minds thinking, oh, shit, I better delete my emails. Holy crap. I cannot let this happen. And Every, I mean delete, like yeah, wipe them clean. I hope no one had a camera on in the locker room yesterday for multiple reasons. And like that's the, the people in the NFL, the people that are playing and coaching, they don't care about any of this. And that's actually why I brought this up. It's not even to say that what he said wasn't that bad or that he didn't mean it or anything like that because I don't know John Gruden's heart. It's that this is all fake. It does nothing <coughs> at all. Exactly. Uh, following reports that emails he wrote over a 10-year period including racist, misogynistic, and anti-gay language. Quote from Gruden, probably part of his compensation package to resign instead of be fired. They're like, hey, man, if you'll just resign, we'll go ahead and give you the $50 million. I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction, Gruden said in the statement Monday night. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff, and fans of Raider Nation. I'm sorry I never meant to hurt anyone. Well, there's a mistake. You shouldn't apologize. Yep. The resignation came shortly after the New York... That's, I'll never apologize, by the way. <laughs> the resignation came shortly after the New York Times reported that Gruden used misogynistic and anti-gay language in numerous emails during a seven-year period. By the way, who had access to his emails? <laughs> The company, report, company emails, I guess. Okay. The report came days after 10-year-old emails from Gruden surfaced that included a racist comment about NFL Players Association Executive Director DeMorris Smith, um, and as well as vulgar criticism of, of NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Which they all... Vulgar criticism. They all would have let side if it wouldn't yeah. have been for the other stuff. Now, I don't <laughs> agree with being racist, but vulgar criticism of Roger Goodell, pff, okay. According... <laughs> According to the Times, that's all over everywhere. The fans are, have yeah. vulgar criticism of Roger Goodell. He gets booed, by the way, at the draft mm -hmm. every time he comes out. According to the Times, Gruden sent emails to Bruce Allen, then the president of Washington football team, and others during a seven-year period that ended in 2018. Actually, then he was the president of the Washington Redskins. Yeah, actually. Which, which he hasn't been canceled for yet. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> all because he changed the name. Okay, I got you. Gruden emailed Allen that Goodall should have Goodell. Goodell, sorry, Goodell should have press should not have pressured then St. Louis Rams coach Jeff Fisher to draft queers, referring to former defensive end Michael Sam, a gay player drafted in 2014, according to the Times. The Times also reported that Gruden used an anti-gay slur in several instances while referring to Goodell. And use offensive language to describe some owners, coaches, and media members who cover the league. Um, well, first of all, he's not technically wrong. <laughs> That's the same thing I had to say. <laughs> like, the, the, the commissioner of the league shouldn't pressure you to draft someone based on their freaking status. Yeah. Now, do you have to describe that person as a queer when no. talking about it? No. No. You just say, hey... You shouldn't be pressured to draft someone simply on the fact that they're gay or whatever the proper PC term is right. for that. Right. Like, but that's that's what he was saying, that you shouldn't be pressured to draft someone because they were gay. But he said it in a improper way. Mm. Say it that way. Gruden was employed by ESPN as a lead analyst for Monday Night Football at the time he sent the emails that are now under review. Quote, the comments are clearly repugnant under any circumstance, ESPN said in a statement. That's right, because he wasn't coaching football at the time. By the way, Joe just re made me re realize something that, I mean, I guess it depends on the way that you use it. He said queer is a non-offensive term. I mean, that is, 
that is part of the LGBTQ thing. I've said it now several times on the podcast when there are a lot of other words that, I, that I wouldn't say on the podcast. Canceled. So it's obviously socially more accepted word, but it does depend on the way that you use it, I guess. Mm. Gruden's emails also included harsh language for a handful of team owners involved in a 2011 labor disagreement that led to a lockout at the time. Oh, harsh language. Mm. The Wall Street Journal reported Friday that Gruden... Now look, you should be professional, folks. And private companies, if they think that your language is too harsh and you're not acting professional, they can get rid of you. That's fine. You know what the weird part is? He did this when he was working for ESPN. He doesn't work there anymore. And so you could say if he sent emails saying these things and he was still employed by ESPN right now, you say, well, ESPN, you know, fire him for the stuff he said right there. Also, old people still use emails as like their funny communication, <laughs> electronic communication. Okay. Still sending like chain emails. They're still chain. They still have the ch- bad luck for yeah. years. They yeah. had memes and stuff a long time ago. It was just all <laughs> through email. By guy. All right. Um, the Wall Street Journal reported Friday that Gruden in an email to Allen said Smith had lips the size of Michelin tires with the newspaper saying it had reviewed the email in question. Gruden told ESPN that he routinely used the term rubber lips to refer to a guy I catch as lying. He can't spit it out. I don't understand why so, that's a problem. Well, yeah, so that is the racist thing. <laughs> They're saying, but what bothered me on this is that it's actually everyone else who's decided to be. Yeah, because he said that he says that to refer to a guy he catches that I catch as lying. He calls them rubber lips. And so when he was talking about this guy, he said that his lips were the size of Michelin tires. But then they said, well, that's racist. Yeah. And he's like, he's not using it as racist as all. He's using it as someone who lies. <laughs> so, uh. Quote, I'm ashamed um, I insulted D. Smith. I never had a racial thought when I used it, Gruden told ESPN. I'm embarrassed by what's out there. I certainly never meant for it to sound that bad. The, he wasn't even talking about the, the fact that he was black no, at all. He was not making some old racist joke about, you know, big lips, wide nose having anything like that. He was literally just, he calls people, according to him, now I don't know him, I haven't been around him, okay? According to him, when someone's lying out their face, he calls them rubber lips, and this guy apparently had lips the size of Michelin tires. Mm. That's how big his rubber lips were. So, and, he's out. And Michelin's the like big Pillsbury-looking <laughs> thing, by the yeah. way. Yeah. The emails came to light during the NFL's investigation into workplace misconduct with Washington as the league was informed of the existence of emails that raised issues beyond the scope of that investigation, according to an NFL spokesperson, Brian McCarthy. Senior league executives reviewed the content of more than 650,000 emails, including the one the journal reported was written by Gruden to Allen. The NFL sent pertinent emails to the Raiders for review. Gruden, 58, became the Raiders head coach in 2018, agreeing to a 10-year contract worth a reported $100 million. The Raiders, off to a 3-2 start this season, went 22-31 and under Gruden this time around after he initially coached the Raiders from 1998 to 2001. He was traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and beat his former team in the Super Bowl in 2003 uh, with Tony Dungy's team, by the way. The Raiders have had one winning season and a playoff appearance since then in 2016. Um, I never thought Gruden was that great of a coach anyway. Um, and I thought them bringing him back for a hundred million dollars in 10 years was kind of ridiculous. 
Yeah. Um, because, I mean, he did win the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, so there's something to be said about that. But I've always thought it was with Tony Dungy's team. Yeah. So He came back, he went to another team, and then he beat his old team in the Super Bowl, which everyone knows you have a slight advantage over your old team. Anyway. Mm-hmm. But none of that matters right now. We can sit here and talk inside football all day with you guys, but uh, that's not the, the crux of the issue, I guess. The issue is what someone else just said in the groups. Like the people that are accusing them of being racist are the ones whose minds went to the racist territory first off. Like, and this is something uh, like they can't take that back now because if that actually, if they were like, oh, I guess you did mean it that way because at the time that they say that, that means that they're like, oh crap, I'm the one who was being racist, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's not going to be able to be taken back really at all. And then the other stuff, like we said, he said it the wrong way. You know, you shouldn't be pressured to hire queers. That sounds bad, okay? That's not a great way to say something like that. Now he's, he's right. You should, you should draft people based on their abilities and not be pressured based on what their sexual orientation is. Mm. Uh, but uh, could have picked a better way to say it. It just, you know, the, the fakeness is what bothers me because everyone out there on the field coaching, everyone knows that he's the one who got caught and got in trouble and that almost every single person out there uses this type of language on a daily basis and this is just a time that the media and the rest of the world came in and decided they needed to to pluck someone out of the pond and kill them just come right down <laughs> like whenever you just sacrifice just pull a fish out just grab him right out of there and this is our sacrifice for the day see we still care about canceling people don't worry yeah uh, it just bothers me. And people will just get better at hiding it. Yeah. That's all it really, that's all it, that'll really happen. That's what we talk about. <clears throat> you know, you shouldn't really cancel people off of Facebook or YouTube or anything like that, because then the people who are actually really harmful, uh, they'll be out in the open and you'll know who they are. Mm-hmm. But when you do all of this stuff, they just go underground. They're yeah. this, the actual racists are still actually racist. We just don't know where they're at or, or what they're saying anymore. Mm-hmm right they're just in backdoor channels that's that's the big the biggest problem with this kind of thing but look it, you know if the raiders don't want to employ him because they don't think his speech it, if they don't think he said the right words or they think he said the wrong words or they don't think that he jogged onto the field properly or anything like that <laughs> they don't then like they, the shirt that he wore last week exactly you know by the way they you know dress codes a thing mm-hmm. like a business can get rid of you for any reason if i don't like the way Nate's left eyebrow looks today, I could just fire him if I wanted to. Yeah. I wouldn't do that because I got a little more sense to that. I just don't run around firing <laughs> people like I got something to do. You and know? then I would just keep on releasing the podcast and doing the trading class every single day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> okay, so the next thing that we have to talk about right now is Tejas, Texas. Let's see what's going on. Bunch of people who just should have been canceled years ago. The whole place. Let me tell you what. I also want to know what other people think about cancel culture and what's exactly happening. I mean, shoot, they're trying to cancel a black comedian, Dave Chappelle, who's hilarious, by the way, who used that F word, by the way, in his last special. And it was hilarious. Yeah, Absolutely can... hilarious. So email me, Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. <laughs> Tell me all your deepest fears. If you haven't listened to Dave Chappelle's new special, I'll tell you from what I've heard so far, sounds like it's going to be pretty funny. It's not as though I agree with every single thing that I hear or his general 
thesis on the world or anything like that, but he's a great storyteller. He's a great joke maker, and he, he does good jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay? And so if you want to laugh, I think that that is a, a good idea to go check that out. Okay. And that should have been his last name. You know how they used to name people their last, like Shoemaker? Mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle Jokemaker. <laughs> Jokemaker. Jokemaker. Dave Jokemaker. Is Dave Jokemaker. Okay. Exactly. So, Texas Governor Greg Abbott bans private businesses from mandating vaccines for workers. This is racist activity. <laughs> it is. Somehow it is. I guarantee you. <laughs> now, this is from Reason.com, written by Mr. Eric Bohm. Bohm? Bohm? I don't know. I have a feeling a lot of people aren't going to agree with us on this one. Yeah. I... You know, I'm so I want to have a I want to have a little bit deeper conversation about this because with the federal government's impending mandates that they may or may not put in place, I'm interested in we're kind of in a predicament right now with the whole mandate situation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out like what you do as a state governor to stop these things. And this, you're left with really no principled answers to actually stop something from happening. You're really left with no truly liberty principled answers. Okay, so Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued an executive order on Monday banning any entity in the state, including private businesses, from requiring that workers or customers show proof of having been vaccinated against COVID-19. Abbott, a Republican, said in a statement that he read that the readily available and safe vaccines were our best defense against the virus, but added that vaccinations should always remain voluntary and never forced. Now, I... I agree with that statement that he made that they should remain voluntary and never forced, but a business requiring that as a term of employment is not exactly force. And that is a part of the problem here. He also asked the state legislator to codify the ban on vaccine mandates into state law. The new ban on vaccine mandates is a significant reversal for Abbott, who had previously banned government-run entities like school districts from mandating vaccines, but had taken a hands-off approach with businesses. Private businesses don't need government running their business, an Abbott spokesperson told the Tribune in August. I see what you did here. Mm-hmm. What is, I don't know what I did. Did you hear that bird? I did. Go ahead. What is up with that bird? Abbott's new mandate also puts some businesses in a tricky situation where they must choose between disobeying state or federal law. President Joe Biden announced last month that all businesses with more than 100 employees would be required to mandate vaccines for their workers or conduct weekly tests with the Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, enforcing the mandate. Okay, so here's the issue. Here's the problem. Without the federal mandate impending, possibly coming up, which I don't know if it is even actually going to be coming up. I think it we might. know that the NFLPA is are the the pilots union has already sued. Yeah, and um, so there's going to be more organizations sue and ask for stays. The tough part with this one is the fact that we would agree that a that a private business should be allowed to require something of their employees, and if that is in fact that you take a vaccine, while I might not like it. And I might not even work there, although I'm not even anti-vax. The government made me anti-vax. I'll just say that. I'm not anti-vax. 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 Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's the government pushing me to do something that I really don't like. Okay. And T-vax. And T-vax. And T-vax. Those are the new terrorists that are out there. (laughs) No, the problem here is that we don't think the state should stop private businesses from 
mandating something for their employees. They mandate things for employees all, all the time, by the way. They mandate what you wear. They mandate that you spend four years at a college. They mandate work, how many hours, hours you work. Yeah, your hours, the output that you, that you... They mandate that you do things with your body, literally, for you to be able to work there. Your There's, lunch break, how long your lunch break is. A lot of things. And if you don't like that, then you can go somewhere else to work. That is what the free market is supposed to do. And if the businesses see that people don't like the fact that they require that there, then businesses will have to make that decision. Now, the state coming over the top of that and saying that you can't mandate that, I, I don't like it. But here's the other thing. We get back to talking about, what I remember what we were talking about, was this bluff from Biden on the vaccine mandate yes. for businesses. You were going all in with your chips. I don't know if they've actually if they actually plan on implementing this cuz I think they know it's going to get destroyed in court pretty quickly. I think what they're trying to do is get corporations to prepare for it to be mandated, which means the corporations will go ahead and make sure everyone's man- mandated to be vaccinated. And I don't know if the actual mandate from the federal government's ever going to come from them. But Here's the issue. Let's assume that it is going to come. What do you do as a state governor when you know that the federal government shouldn't be mandating to the corporations that they require it for their employees and you want to stop that because that's the thing that you should actually be stopping? Then you just nullify federal law. But then how do you do that when they go to collect federal taxes and fees and fines it's and the same, things like that? It's you know? the same way that we've done with cannabis, the same thing we've done with other gun laws. You just basically don't recognize the federal uh, in law in your state. Yeah. That would be the best way to do it because then, um, yeah, what Amanda's saying, it's unconstitutional on grounds of jurisdiction. Then what that does is by nullifying the federal law, you're allowing businesses to make that mandate if they want to. You're not prohibiting them from following uh, the the federal law, so to speak. Then it's then it's truly back up to them. It's truly back to freedom. And so, what if the federal government decides to levy fines through OSHA or whoever it's going to be on these corporations when they go to pay their corporate taxes in whatever way they do that, that they're going to get punished? for not mandating this. Now in Texas, now they have a mandate, a executive order saying that they can't mandate it. And so would those businesses still be punished? I'm just trying to think, what would you do as a state governor to try and protect the corporations from the fines and the taxes from the federal government side of things? Because they do just kind of do that. You know, I think we can say, well, just stop their troops at the border, but they kind of do a lot of this stuff through the mail. Well, this is this is where the state would have to come in to back those folks up. That's where the problem in Missouri, or Kansas, I think, lied when they nullified federal gun laws. And, and you had a couple folks who built some silencers and they put it on YouTube and the federal government came in and arrested them. And then the state's attorney should have stuck up for their own citizens. This was either Missouri or Kansas. They, they're the same to me sometimes. Sorry if you're from either one of those places, but sometimes they're just the same to me. But anyway, one of those states passed a Second Amendment protection law or something like that that nullified the federal gun laws. And so these a couple of guys developed the silencers. They put it on YouTube. The federal agents came in and arrested them. And what the state should have done is protected their own citizens. And the state's attorney should have represented them or one of the state's attorney's minions 
should have represented them or uh, the sheriff in the county or the governor was should have been like, hey, you can't arrest my citizen to the federal government. But, of course, the state backed off, and that's the problem with that. So can you really trust the state? I don't know. But that's where the battle should really lie. Um, and in that way that those types of things can can eventually go in the direction where state rights is greater than the federal government. Yeah. I just see, I think that this, would be the ideal situation. I think the situation but, is going to be pretty interesting. If the mandate from the federal government does go through, it'll, it, this is going to be pretty interesting to see who does actually have the powers superseding the other. Well, here's the thing. What happens if you have adverse reactions? Yeah. Like if, what if, because you can, not everything's perfect and people, uh, usually very few, um, have adverse reactions to different kind of medications. Some people can't even take Tylenol. Okay. It just happens. Like so, my dad, my dad's allergic to like every medication and so, aspirin would kill him. So what happens then if you force that person to get a vaccine and then now I mean, by OSHA guidelines, do you have to pay for them for the rest of their lives? Like, is there some type of long-term disability? Is there some type like you're forcing them to do something and if they get hurt because of it, well, who's at fault there? I mean, this is a this is a sticky gray zone if yeah, I've the, ever uh, felt one. The liability did already go through. I'd read this. This is why I didn't think that OSHA was going to be the one doing this. Um, OSHA had said that the employer would be liable if there were any adverse reactions. I did see that. Yeah. That I did see that. was before the federal mandate. I know. Though. I know. Yeah. So that was before. So now that they've added the mandate to OSHA and now that's their directive, then what, which way's up? I know. And then, and then the thing that you also have to see, you want to, if you believe that corporations should have the right to mandate vaccines for their employees, how do you decide that a corporation listed in Dallas, Texas is wanting to mandate vaccinations for their employees because that's what they want to do and not because it's what the federal government says that they have to do, but that the owner of the corporation thinks that that's what they need to do. And so now you're taking away that ability for them to do that even if it is what they want to do, regardless of the federal mandate. So you can't assume that every single mandate through all of the corporations is because of the potential of a federal mandate coming through OSHA. Some of them might actually just want to do that. And so now you're, you're taking away the ability of them to, uh, to do that. And so I, I, I am very, very interested to see how this plays out. I think what some of the people in the live group are saying is true. I think this is a really fast route to the Supreme Court right now with the state doing this after the federal mandates have been announced, even though they haven't been implemented. And so we're going to see which one of these supersedes the other. And that's going to be, uh, that's going to be interesting. So I know not everyone agrees with how, where we are in the vaccine mandates, but whatever. Well, and I'll read the end here because I think he's right here. This is kind of where I lie and the scenario I laid out would be the ideal situation. I get that that's not reality, but it kind of sums it up here. Vaccines remain by far the best strategy for saving lives and any of the pandemic. It makes sense that businesses would want their employees to be vaccinated. Those who refuse the shot should be free to do so. If you don't want the shot, you should be absolutely free not to take it, but you don't have a right to any particular job. No one has to employ you. Because that is, of that, that is what the question is. Do you have a right to work at any establishment no. that you say you that you should be able to work at? Negative. And the answer is no. None of us have a yeah. right to work anywhere. 
Then he ends it here by saying none of those decisions should require the coercive efforts of state or federal officials. And that's the truth. There should be no coercion on either side, whether to ban mandates or to make mandates to begin with. None of that should ever be done. It should be up to people. I mean, for Christ's sakes, this is a medical decision. <laughs> let it be up to the medical decision. Let it be up to, talking about? To, to the people and their and their doctors this if they want it to be. Decision. You know, like what this is just wild to me and that it, we're allowing, you know, all of these people to make medical decisions for, for you when all the while, especially those on the left, are like well, it's a me- you know you should leave medical decisions up to doctors and stuff. But here we have the president, clearly not a doctor, probably has dementia, but I'm not a doctor, so I can't diagnose him. Uh, <laughs> you have a president and other people mandating these things. Of course, they're going to say on advice of health officials and stuff. You know, I saw something interesting today, which was the fact that we now now I'm going to give a caveat here because I understand stat, uh, statistics. Lots of birds up here, y'all. Uh-huh. Yep. They're playing Angry Birds up in the ceiling. <laughs> um, I'll give you a caveat because I, I know statistics, okay? So last year in 2020, all of 2020, we had about 352,000 people die from COVID. Or they listed COVID as the death, okay? So far this year, we have had 353,000 people die from COVID. Now, remember, last year was March to the end of the year so you have to shave off two months we're in october so we still have you know two months give or take and we've had about the same death so to me you take you shave off the last two months it's basically equal death but what i found interesting was the coverage of every time we approached you know a hundred thousand or one hundred and fifty thousand or two hundred thousand two fifty whatever under trump it was Trump is killing everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now we have this. Now we have vaccines. Uh, there's viral pills going on. You have all these therapy treatments, all kinds of stuff under Biden. And he's the man with the plan. He's got, you know, everybody vaccinated, supposedly one. What do you say? A hundred million vaccines. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he was the guy that was going to fix all this. And he had the same amount of deaths. Yeah. <laughs> now, it's not funny because death is not funny. But my God. If this doesn't, if this doesn't just prove the actual point that presidents have no real bearing on what actually happens in society, I don't know what will. It's really that the it's that the government can't change nature. Really, is what it is, unless they literally lock everyone in their houses and don't let them leave, and we all just live on a in a self sustaining scallop farm. Uh, if we all just live in a self-sustaining home forever, like maybe if they mandated that, you could save some lives. I mean, not a lot of people died from COVID in Australia. We could just go to Australia, you know, on those extreme measures. But this idea that the governor is just, the government is the all-knowing, all-powerful being that can stop nature. You could apply that to climate change or now viruses or economics and math, whatever it is. They can't. They don't have the ability to do it especially not this massive bureaucracy that we have, this slow-moving, terrible bureaucracy. You know, we're, we're sitting here uh, a year after we got the vaccines, or not quite a year, fighting over vaccine mandates. Just as many people died this year as well, last year. That's because of the anti-vaxxers now, not because Just of... because of the anti-vaxxers. Last year it was because of Trump. Compared to a year where there were no vaccines... <laughs> This year, everyone's dying because of anti-vaxxers. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's, that's really good. That's the story. But this is that's all... That's the story. This is all taking so long to get through and going through the political process. By the time you get to five months with Pfizer's vaccine, you're down to 47% effica- efficacy. We're talking about people that might not even have any antibodies anymore from taking the vaccine last year. It's already time to make to count them in people that aren't vaccinated anymore. I got to give myself a booster probably. They essentially didn't do anything still. They're back to being part of the problem. Although I also had COVID, so yeah. I'm probably I'm probably good. You're probably now. pretty good. Yeah. But it's and so now we're trying to do the booster thing. We still haven't gotten everyone to take the vaccines, of course. And all that's going to end up happening is eventually we're all going to have some type of memory of the virus through a natural immunity process in a few years, eventually. And we'll see how long that lasts. But the government is so slow, slow moving on this that by the time they actually start doing the mandates, we're already going to be back to zero vaccinated again. Yeah. And it, like this is something that's going to have to happen every year if you're just relying on the vaccine to give people your immunity. And if this is always going to be the line that we draw, that everyone's got to be vaccinated in all of these places, this is going to be really bad because this is going to continue on for a long time. When do we decide uh, when do we decide whether or not to count 2021 vaccine? And we don't count anymore. Jerusalem now in Jerusalem, Israel now is uh, only counting fully vaccinated if you've had your booster shot now. So if you're just someone who had both doses, you're not fully vaccinated anymore. Now you got to have your booster shot. Mm. And so we're going to start moving into that eventually too. Oh, you're only two shots of Pfizer. You're basically an anti-vaxxer right now. You're domestic terrorists walking up to my establishment Mm -hmm. at the moment. They're not going to be able to keep up. All you can do is rely on people to take their own precautions and to make their own decisions. And that the chips are going to fall where they may as they say. Yeah. But the more the government does on this, the more it hardens the people that haven't gotten the vaccine yet. And I can tell you that from experience because I think a lot of people right now, we were talking about this over the weekend. I haven't gotten my vaccine and I'm not even against vaccines. I don't think that there's anything bad that's going to happen to me from taking the vaccine at all. But I have one thing. I have one thing that the government is telling me I have to do that I have a choice in still right now. Everything else, I'm risking prison time or death that the government tells me I have to do. Right now, there's this one thing, and I think a lot of people are latching on to the one thing they found that they know the government is pushing them to do that they can still make a choice on and say, no, F you government, I'm not going to do this. And so if they would stop it with the mandates and they would stop it with the propaganda, I think you would actually save a lot of lives by people not politicizing this anymore. It's the fact that we politicize this that's become so that I think that people are still not getting it. This is actually good relationship advice, by the way. Mm -hmm. If you want your partner to do something, you just back off. I'm serious. I'm dead serious, by the way. I know that's why I was laughing while you were talking. Like the fact that they're exactly what you said. This is with toddlers, too, by the way. (laughs) I'm serious, all right? If you want them to do something, you don't try to convince them to do it. That's not the way it works, okay? You literally back off, and then people will typically make up their own mind, usually in the direction you want them to go. Reverse psychiatry. That's what they call it. Yeah, exactly. Um, So anyway, uh, 
they they were also mentioning Amanda said, you know, although antibodies aren't the only thing that make you immune, you have memory T and B cells. I'll tell you the reason why natural immunity works better than the actual COVID the vaccine is because the vaccines, most of them, were largely developed on one thing, which the COVID uh, vaccine, which the coronavirus is specific to, which was the spike protein. Okay, mm. it was unique to the coronavirus. Uh, one, it's one thing that made it kind of deadly because it could attach itself uh, to uh, certain cells in your throat and lungs and things like that that were causing these terrible things. Um, but also, the, so that's what they made it. Now, your body is interesting because it makes antibodies based on the entirety of the virus. And so that's why your immune system is better and it probably lasts longer because you're taking uh, all the components of the virus your body is into account so it can recognize things better. Because when the virus does mutate, right, when you have all these different strains, then if you're only protecting against one piece of the spike protein, well, then the virus goes, okay, well, I'll just change one little thing and, you know, then we'll be good to go. And that's the problem we're having. Whereas your body, when it creates antibodies, you're taking the whole virus into account. And so when it changes a little thing, it can still recognize it you, as something that it needs to destroy. And you create those, those memory cells, T and B. Um, there, was a, there was a study. Of course, that's the story of 2021. There was a study that showed. Once upon a study. Once upon a study. I believe this was out in California. I can't remember exactly where it was. And it was very small. They only tested maybe 15 people. And 11 of them, they tested, they were testing bone marrow. Okay. So 11 of them had the memory B cells in their, in their marrow, down in the marrow of the bone. And what they're saying is once it gets down in there, you're good. Hmm. You're pretty good after that. And that thing's going to sit there and it's just going to sleep. It's just going to lay there. Why don't we just have bone marrow injections until it gets woken up? Why don't we mandate bone marrow (laughs) injections? That's what we could do. And so yeah, that, there is a chance that this could end up being a lot longer lasting. I'm not saying it is because I don't have the data or the science on it. But there's, uh, you were talking about the memory T and B cells and the and the antibodies. Um, I was reading up on some stuff saying that testing for antibodies wasn't the only thing that you should do. Like if you don't have antibodies, that doesn't mean that you don't have protection from it because the test isn't testing for the memory T and B cells, which could be the longer lasting uh, protection from it. And so you might not have the active antibodies in your system right now, but your body might remember how to make those antibodies Mm -hmm. as soon as it's necessary. But the tests aren't exactly showing that, just your normal antibody test. So anyway, there's our... Speaking of bone marrow, you want... Can I... You want to be queasy for a second? Uh, Sure. I didn't know this. I found this out the other day. If you are... uh, If they have a hard time getting an IV on you, one way they can get you fluids and medicine and stuff that they need is they actually drill into your bone mm. and they can create an access point there and they fill your, your bone marrow up basically with the fluid and stuff. And then they're able to, to give stuff that it's called an IO. That's gross. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't like my, it. my wife does that. So there you go. Well, we're at 50 minutes. Most of the time you're, most of the time it. you're passed out. So yeah. you're not, it's, you're not going to know that it's happening, but uh, yeah, that's what happens is usually your shin. I feel like that would hurt. Right. It actually doesn't hurt. The puncture doesn't hurt. She said what actually hurts is when they, when it starts filling up with fluid, Mm. but once that pressure is all there and it's good, then you're fine. Then you don't feel it. It feels like a regular IV. I will take your word for it. 
I hope so too. I don't. Yeah. I don't really want. To. But anyway, that's a good way to end the show. So if you guys enjoyed, we got through two of the today's stories. show. Then please, like Nate said, smash that follow or subscribe button, um, and then share the show with a friend or two, and share it with your enemies and the children. Please and thank you. If you guys do all of those things, hit us up on YouTube. YouTube, it is. If you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Libertas.